Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. My life as a stripper was so much more controversial and for some reason, you know, the thing that more people had an issue with. I was ready to jump out of a window, basically, and I was unrecognizable to myself. This other thing with the teacher was more relationship-like. And I was like... Really? Like, that's you. That's that's it? That's what I am? I'm just bad at being uncomfortable? So simple, and it also makes me feel like such a dick. Why is it that the most successful people have often overcome the greatest struggles? How do you find that light in the dark? That's what I'm here to find out. I'm Anna David, and this is Struggle to Success. Hi, this is Struggle to Success with Anna David. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, so glad you're here. If you're old to the podcast, you will notice that it has a different name. Now, I talked about that in last week's episode. If you're totally confused and don't want to understand, don't understand what's happening, please go back and listen to that episode. Otherwise, just hang out. I have an exciting thing happening, which is I've completely shifted the focus of this podcast, but it's not a complete shift. It's like a slight alteration. And as to ease you into this transition, this is another transition episode like last week. But this one, I brought a special guest, Lauren Wallet. Hey, hey. She was uh, a couple episodes ago. And um, I discussed everything with her. So I thought, what a good way to ease us into this new podcast with talking about why struggle to success? Why did this change happen? What does struggle mean? What does success mean? Why do so many successful people struggle? And are they running from something? Are they running towards something? So that is, we have nothing planned. We just turned on the mic and we're going to start talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does struggle mean to you? Um, I think it's when something's uncomfortable. I think of like wriggling, like you want to move out of something, you want to break free. So the first image that pops into my head, but usually pops into my head is like the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to become a butterfly. It's like that struggle. It's feeling constricted or constrained. It wants to break out. Mm-hmm. So struggle is where you're not feeling safe or comfortable where you are and you want to move. You like we need to get expansive. Uh-huh. And I think that's what promotes success anyway. It's like not being comfortable where you are and wanting something else oh, other than. That's so good. I hadn't good. thought of that. Mm. So, so, okay. And so what is success to you? Success is when you're living in a space that is expansive and comfortable and embraces. You can be your full, your fully expressed self. Um, and you have your heart's desires. Like you have the things you want. You're not feeling like your needs aren't being met. Okay. So there are people who would say, um, you know, success has nothing to do with how much money you make, what your title is. Um, it's about how you feel. What do you say to that? They probably don't have any money or any titles. So you, you do think that so, success has to do with money and titles? I don't think titles, but I think you. I think money, it's like, do you know what? I remember having this experience with my sister. We, were, we had got this job. It was in Fort Lauderdale and it was the middle of the night and I was swimming in the ocean in the Bahamas. Amazing. Off this like huge boat. It was the most glamorous experience. And I was like, 
I would never have this experience if I wasn't on this like ginormous like yacht boat. Like it was freedom of being in the ocean, but it was like a heightened experience. Everything was extra because the guy whose boat it was was like a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I'll never get that again. So like you get amazing experiences and new levels of freedom when you do have financial means and you do have money. And I think that not having money when we live in a capitalist society, you do feel stuck. Like I, kn- I know what it's like starting over here. I didn't feel great. But you're not supposed to say that, right? Aren't you? Aren't we supposed to? Uh, you know, I know as a quote artist, as a creative person, for a long time, I felt there was something wrong with wanting money, and I was hardly, you know, uh, I mean, I was struggling. But I come from this family where money is very important, and my rebellion was to say, I don't care about that. And then about mm. five years ago, I was like. I'm tired of working so hard and being broke. I do care about money and there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. Yeah. But don't you think there is shame around that or do you not even I never had it because like I grew up so there was no father around and my mother was a school teacher so I never had enough of what I wanted. So I knew, I mean I started working at the age of nine. Right. Because I knew that my mom couldn't give me what I wanted. I happened to want more than her. I didn't understand why she was like going to be a school teacher when that that salary doesn't even increase. Like it's set. So I knew if I wanted the things I wanted, which was a lot more than what I had, I was going to have to go out and make the money to earn it and get it for myself. And if you don't want anything, that's fine. You don't need it. But if you want more, there's absolutely nothing wrong with with like putting in the hard work and getting it for yourself. Like more things do make me feel good. But then why do, um, why are there miserable, I mean, this may be a super obvious question, but why are there incredibly successful people who are miserable and kill themselves? I think because that's the thing of like, if you are filling that void and you're just getting more and more, but you have no means to an end, you don't know what you want the things for, it can start just to become a compulsion. Like, I think if you're collecting money, like it's something to be kept in the bank, that is, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like money is a tool of exchange and it's used, if it's used to access new experiences and, and like wonderful moments, then it, then it has a purpose. But if you're just collecting it, like, you know, it's how you use it. It's okay. not the tool that's evil. It's like what you do with it. I now, think. do you think there are successful people who come from very happy childhoods who just... No, I don't think anyone some... comes from a happy childhood. Have you ever met someone who has had a happy childhood? Um... I met a few of them, yeah, in Durban, and they became alcoholics. Yeah, and they drink with their parents, and they they just stew, and they, like, they just drink. I've known some people who have had happy childhoods. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I do. No. So would you say that all people struggle? All people struggle to varying degrees, um, and if you're going to get anywhere, it's because you don't like where you are. Right. You right, know right. how we've like talked about like those, like if it was, if you grew up and your life was so good and so wonderful, you would just stay there. You would stay in the town. You'd probably live close to your family. That's what everyone I grew up with did. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that, I don't know. Are they, are they successful and happy? I have no idea. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Not for me. Not for me either. Yeah, the, yeah. So the ones I know who are the happy ones who want to live by their parents, um, yeah, it's like they never went anywhere. They never did anything. They're, they're in like a cesspool of their, their same upbringing. There's no movement. That's stagnation. Stagnation's like not success to me, I guess. Now, what, um, you know, we were talking before about, you know, some of the people that, you know, of the, some of the world's most successful people who are, you know, that's who I plan to have on this podcast. But we were talking yeah. about someone who may not come on right away, which is Oprah, you oh, know, and may, Oprah, maybe second season, maybe next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Steve Jobs and only mm-hmm. because he's, he's no longer with that's us. Yeah. He would totally be on it otherwise. Um, but 
you know, what's interesting, by the way, and this is a this is a side note, but you met my dad. My mm. dad um, was very successful right out of college. Very confusing. Yeah. And <laughs> Mean and successful in general confuse me. You know? Okay, let's talk yeah. about that. <laughs> Lauren has said to me, and she's not a man hater, but she said to me, you know, sometimes I don't understand how men ever get hired for anything. How they even have jobs. But then I look at the state of the world and I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you live in the patriarch. It's total clusterfuck. But it's like, yeah, I never knew growing up, like, these men – yeah, like going off to work and doing jobs. And they seem to, it, it, it was so confusing to me because they seem so much, they seemed like the lesser sex growing up. But there are men who are listening right now. Are they? <laughs> do, do men listen? Yeah. There are. But I don't <laughs> If a man it's... listens, he's probably. You're not Wait. one of them. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're more you of actually all. know how to listen. Oh my God. No, I don't think they know everything like straight off the bat. I um, think it's very confusing. I know this is not a podcast about genders and stuff, but you know, we've talked about this, how we're fed this line in society, especially like when I grew up and it was like, men are so far superior. And you know, that's the family I grew up in. That's what, you know, my dad used to say, we live by the golden rule. The one who makes the gold makes the rules. Yeah. 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 And, and it's that thing of like women are the nurturing caretaker. So the woman will like, like sacrifice her dreams. The man makes the money and the woman like tends to the home and yeah. has this, has that. And I think that those binary constructs are just what's very confusing and out of date and don't make sense. Well, and it's not just out of date. Like it, literally does something like when I and, and this has been in the last year when I realized like I love men but they really are inferior they really mm. are not emotionally uh there I've always taken female emotions as like a negative mm. and I never understood it's like we're actually gifted yeah women. intuition is beautiful and magical yeah and and we're fed this line about how men are so important and I think it's really really confusing especially in this day and age when women don't you know we don't need to um you know, rely on men for comfort. But I, I mean, think, sorry, for money. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the paradigm that's been set up, which is success means successful man is money yeah. and prestige and power, like in wealth. And for a woman, it's family and children and a man. Yes, yes. So it's like it, to, to a measure of success in terms of the paradigm I grew up in, I would not be successful because I'm not married yeah. to a man and I don't have kids. Yeah. The fact that I'm probably wealthier than most of my friends' husbands is like irrelevant because I don't really have the thing which measures success. Right. So right. it's like, like looking at like what is success like yeah I still think of it in terms of those gender ways but success is like whatever it's whatever you determine it to be yeah but it definitely requires a certain amount of money but I will say also what's interesting about quote success because I'm not even sure what I think success is I mean for me like I said I've come out of the fact the shame that I do think it involves money I think it involves power I think it yeah. involves freedom to do what you want and I think it involves struggle because here's the thing I, in my life, have only valued those things that have come after struggle. Like, I had a thing when I, like, first got sober, I got put on TV. Mm. I had no appreciation. I was like, yeah, of course I should be on TV. I got this job making a ton of money, um, you know, as this dating expert on this TV show. And I totally took it for granted. And I was, like, going on the Today Show and all this stuff. And then I didn't appreciate it because I hadn't worked for it. Mm. As opposed to making money now, I've worked for so many years and was so underpaid and worked for so many terrible people that I just, I relish in the achievement of making the money now and spending the money now and that I don't have to work for abusive people to have it. But I do think you have to have struggled in order to appreciate success. I mean, however you get to that place of self-worth where you know you can ask those prices and like feel completely comfortable doing that. So like, 
it's like to get to that place. Whereas, yeah, I, I wanted to prove a lot to people and myself. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, this is how much it costs. Like, it just is this because I'm that good. Yeah. So like, and, and that for me did come through struggle. But maybe if you were born just thinking you're that great, you would be more comfortable. But like, yeah, it definitely is, is a, like, I feel because of all my experience and all the things that I've done, it's added up to the point where I'm comfortable going, this is what I'm worth. I'm worth it. Like a hundred percent. But what you just said about like, maybe if you're born just feeling like that, great. Like we were talking recently about, um, you know, not having a supportive family Mm. and the people we know that come from, uh, families where their parents just applaud every achievement, send them flowers when they do something that is not that big a deal, Mm. do not tend to be very successful. No, no, but they have no need. It's like, because they, it's like, for me, I remember like, I never felt like I got enough attention. I was born like that. Yeah. So it prompted me to become an actress and have thousands of people applaud me. Like, that's how much I needed. Yeah. Whereas someone else in my family who say who was getting it already, like, um, I'm making this up. There was no one in my family getting it already. I'm yeah. Saying, say there was. Just say there was. <laughs> so they, like, they wouldn't have that desperate need to, like, perform for people or to get it. I yeah. had to go out and get what I needed. Yeah. So, like, that's why I did it. Um, so, yeah, if they felt cushy and good and, and that, it, it, that the, the greatest achievement was making their bed, why the hell would they need to build a company? Right, You know, right. Like, I remember thinking this with my ex-husband, who I thought was the most successful man I ever met, and I got to the point where I was so frustrated because I was like, you're still going, daddy, daddy, look at me. You're in your 30s, but you're still three. Yeah. Because he never got that approval from his dad, so he wanted to show his dad how good he was. Right. And I think a lot of men have that. I think a lot of people have that. Yeah, look at me, look at me. I can do it. Do you love me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, that like, a parent withholding approval is actually something that's going to contribute to a child's success. It can be. I mean, I got, my mom was always telling me I was amazing and great. And it's what made me think I was. So like, I, I was very naturally confident. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a lot of approval like that. Like, but there was no, my mom just never had the same kind of drive that I did. She was always like, you can do whatever you want. Um, but there was no, there was no difference between that. If that was making a sandwich or, you know, writing a book when I was five, like it, it didn't matter either way. Mm-hmm. So that's nice that she was like that. Yeah, it was kind of great. Except that I do think some things are better than others. So it gets to the point where you want to start being applauded more for the thing, which is like actually good. Yeah. Like when we did she, oh, like our show, it's like, no, creating a show for Apple TV is more important than my funny poem on Instagram. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. Like the one I want, like it, it's yeah. like I want it to be quantified of what's actually successful, you know? So why do you think that some people are, you know, bowled over by their struggles and can't make anything of it? Oh, and some yeah. people are empowered and it just gives them all the more perseverance. Like, what is that? So, I, th- I mean, I can tell you exactly what I think it is. Yeah. So I think that people fall into two camps. And uh-huh. one is they become victims, mm-hmm. a victim to their circumstance, and that causes inertia or anger or apathy. Apathy is like the worst state you can get in. Uh-huh. The other is they become creative. Uh-huh. They become creators of their destiny. What am I going to make from this situation? How am I empowered to do it differently, to do it my way? And like they're motivated to action. Yeah. So it's like the opposite, like apathy on the one side, action on the other. And those action takers – those seekers are the ones who become successful, whereas the victims always have an excuse of why they couldn't possibly do something. Right, right. That's yeah. brilliant. Now, now read my book. Um, <laughs> the book that you're writing today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, will not be available by the time you guys are hearing this, no. but just look out for it. Mm. Um, if the title doesn't change, it'll be called The Creativity Coach. No, this one's called Bright. This one's called Bright. Shine your light. Shine your light. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, because here's the thing. Like, I was thinking about this. You know, I was not someone who was told 
um, that I could do anything or, um, or given validation for things, um, except superficial things. I was given validation for the way I looked and that was oh, it. all the time. Oh, that, yeah. But that was it. But, so I internalized yeah. this idea that, oh, that's all I have. I mm. must be a total idiot. That's why all my parents talk about is how I look. Mm. And, um, and I remember, you know, yeah, like how you look is the least interesting thing about you. It's like, that's, and, oh, and that's, that, that's like a compliment. Like, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Cause it's like, yeah, I find that it's a bizarre thing. Of, oh, what a beautiful little girl. Isn't she beautiful? It's like, that's got nothing to do with me. Like, what about my giant brain that I'm carrying around? Like, right. that's so much more interesting. But I thought that meant I was a total idiot. And I really, really mm. did think I was super, super stupid. And I um, was not a terrific student. And so I, you know, and I, I had one teacher who, like, told me I was smart. But, like, many who acted like I was not. And so that's just what I assumed. And I remember my dad used to say like, you'll never make it as a writer. You'll never make it as a writer. And then when I, my third book came out, I remember talking to my dad on the phone and going, Hey dad, remember how you told me I'd never make it as a writer? And he said, yeah, well, it sure took you long enough. And besides (gasps) you would have made more money as a lawyer. So to kind of, and I remember just going, Oh my God, I'm never going to be told you're good. I'm never going to be told you succeeded. And I can do all the 12-step work I want. Mm-hmm. I can do all the EMDR I want. I can do all the inventories and the therapy. But there's something still in me to try to get the approval of someone I don't even like. I was thinking the exact same thing with my stepfather. I had just, I was, I was relaunching my third company like, and I had this big gathering. I was looking at the pictures the other day of this huge structure that I built, this whole wooden, it was so magnificent. And there was music playing and there was an art gallery and I'd taken over the space in Durban, this, this coffee factory. It was spectacular. I had a dress that I designed and made the fabric. I mean, I don't know, it was, it was mad. The whole thing was this big party, again, relaunch. And my friend came and she was speaking to my stepfather going, isn't Lauren incredible? Like, look what, what she's done. Like, what is this? And he, go, and he said to her, no one really knows what Lauren does. Let's just see what, what this actually means. And it was like story of my life. Like, right. not like, oh my God, she's mind blowing. It was like, no one really knows what she does. Like, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Like, what's that freak doing over there? Yeah. And and it was like, when I finally got to America to get this green card of exceptional ability, yeah. I would expect like my family to finally be like, oh my God, like we knew it all along. Not like, well, you know, like she's so lucky. Or like, <laughs> in fact, I remember three months after that launch, this, my company went international and my stepfather came to me and he was like, must be nice living on easy street, eh? Can I also yeah. can I also have a job, lady of leisure? I'm like, <laughs> I built the company myself, you fuck. What? Like, what the hell? Yeah. But like, it was always that just, it must be easy for me because, um, because I love it so much. Right. Like, I do it all the time. So it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, this idea that you got lucky. I got lucky because I love what I do when it's what I do every single day. Yeah. So what about someone who's listening who's like, okay, I've struggled. Um, I had this happen to me in my childhood. I feel behind the eight ball or whatever it is. How could uh, they take what could be self-pity and transform it into that action? Yeah, well, they've, they're, it's like it's that fertilizer. It's like you take that shit and are you going to wallow in it and just stay stagnant in it? Or are you going to plant stuff and take the gems of those experiences and let that fuel you to go forward? Like, I did not want to be in that place. Yeah. I never wanted to see that man's face again. Yeah. It's like, so what was I going to do? If I was going to accept the situation that I was in, those kind of, I mean, those kind of comments killed me growing up and it was constant. Yeah. So do I stay in that environment where that's all I'm getting fed or do I go, I better get the fuck out of here and do every single thing I can? Like, there can be no holding back. 
And I think if there's if you're leaving anything on the table or holding back at all, you're just destined to fail because it's like one foot in, one foot out. Right. You've got to go whatever it takes. Like right. Uh, it's like death or do trying. What does that even mean? I don't even know that's, that's a saying. Not, that's not a saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what that's what I want to say. Die like, or die or do do or die. Do or die trying. I guess. Do, yeah. It doesn't sound great right now. Yeah, but I hear it's, you. It's, yeah. It doesn't sound great. But like that's how I feel. Like, yeah. Like whatever it takes because if this is what it is, it's unbearable. Okay, so but are there practical steps someone could take? Yes, and they can read my book. Okay, but your book doesn't <laughs> exist yet. So, I mean, is it is it to just when you find yourself thinking self-pitying thoughts like, woe is me, turn it around? Is it, um, you know, is it a good idea to try to prove someone abusive wrong? Well, I think anger can either consume you or can fuel you if it's cha- if it's channeled. Ah. Like I always had a lot of anger growing yeah. up, and like anger can be very con- like be very destructive. Or when I put that into creative pursuits, yeah. it can make you fearless. Like you just don't give a fuck. Yeah, which is kind of beautiful when you really don't. But if there's a tinge of that that you do, yeah, it's like then everyone everyone can feel it. Like it's got to be authentic. Yeah, it's like processed rage. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's confusing. I mean, I'm someone who has had so much anger and I have tried to, it has absolutely fueled me, but I've also tried to get back at people in really dumb ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that backfires. Well, it's like, I'm thinking now, the way we're talking now, if I cared what anyone thought, if I still wanted approval, I wouldn't be able to speak freely. Like, there is no part of me which really needs anyone to like me anymore, so I can just show up and do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think I still do need approval. I don't really know, Mm. but I know that, like, I wouldn't be talking about those, like, conversations with my family if it didn't so bother me, right? Yeah, yeah. But okay, so let's talk about so let's talk about someone like Oprah, Mm. Um, you know, somebody who was, um, you know, abused, um you know, sexually abused, beaten. Yeah, I love um, her story. Um, and, you know, and was able to use that. I will say, and this is just totally on the DL and like Oprah's lawyers don't sue me that like, you know, I know people who have worked for her and, and she was impossible, allegedly. Mm. I have a great story about it. Ooh. But, um, but you know, so, so do you think, you know, when we talked about this, you know, my mentor is this guy, Joe Polish, and he has this documentary called Connected and recently it premiered in L.A., And Joe got up and he said something that I hear you say all the time, which is, you know, successful people are running from something. Mm. Right? Mm. So is that it? Is it that we think? um, Well, it was my friend Neville always says to me, he's like, this is Neville, my friend who wants to marry you. Yeah. If Jim listens, sorry. But I mean, yeah. It's okay. I'm not (laughs) going to marry Neville. Yeah. yeah. Neville. Neville. But yeah. Jewish. Oh, fine. Anyway. I've never heard the name of my life. Okay. I'm not marrying him. He says... You're either moving aw- – are you moving away from pain or are you moving toward joy? And both ah. are different. So it's like when I'm moving toward joy, I'm fearless and bold and it's wonderful. If I'm moving away from pain, I'm like, fuck you, I'll show you, I'll show you. It's like it's not – it's like not the kind of – it's not It's not rich fuel. Right. So I've always got to check myself with that because sometimes they can be closely linked to me. But how I can tell is the one has a little – a tinge of self-righteousness or victim or – I feel a little bit sorry for myself. I always have that a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I do sometimes, but sometimes I just, like, feel compassion for me. Like, I, I know, yeah, I don't know if I always... Do you always have that? I don't Right know. now, do you feel so bad for yourself no. that you're recording this? No, I don't. I don't. But I guess I, I don't... 
I, I, I have no idea. It's really hard for me to know because for me, work is gives me so much joy and I can escape into it mm. so much that um, it almost just seems like frosting when it when it works. Yeah. Well, it's like I would be doing it anyway. It doesn't feel like work. It's yeah. the expression of who I am. So I'm always creating and making. Yeah. And it's about the process of doing it. Like the joy of going, oh, okay, I've got this idea. I'm going to write down this word. I'm going to you know, get yeah. things going. It's very stimulating for me. It's not just about, it's not just the outcome. It's the whole thing. And I think, yeah, like I love the, the work that goes but into he, it. But I think also if there's anything I could, um, I wish other people understood better this idea, and maybe it's we live in Los Angeles and whatever, but that like you really can decide what you want to do and do it. And that may sound mm. super Pollyanna bullshit, but it's actually not. You know, you and I decided we were like, we should have a TV show. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. We should call it CEO. Let's Done. do it. We went and pitched it to this guy who didn't seem that interested in it, but he's like, okay, and now we do it. Yeah. You uh, decided you wanted to write this book. You're going to publish yeah. it. And I think that people think they're a victim of their circumstances and that these options aren't out there. And it's like... I also think... And I think it's that thing of like, they're not giving it. They're not They're not giving themselves over to the process or to the thing. They're not bringing anything. They're not going to the mission. This is what I've got to offer. I'm going to make you this. Yeah. It's like... How about if we got together and you could do this for me or you could make this happen for me or how could we collaborate on a nothing something? Basically, give me, give me, give me instead of me giving. Yeah. So when we come up with an idea, it's like it's more is more. It's like it's always an offering. Yeah. We're bringing something to that guy. We have an idea. This is what it is. Like, are you ready for it? We'll do like all the legwork. Yeah. Like that's different than going, hey, would you fund this if we, you know know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that there is, you know, I talk to so many people all the time who want to be writers or or they, they, they want to know if their idea is good. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Do they think it's good? Exactly. All, everything is execution. Don't Mm. turn to me and ask me. I'm just one person. Mm. Go and make it. Go and do it. Stop waiting for the approval of someone who's done it and the permission. And, like, I feel like a lot of the people I talk to, they want to hear me go, yes, it's really good, so that they can blame me if it doesn't work out. Oh, my God, so true. Because I've been like that. I know for me, I was always kind of seeking somebody to be the final word, whether it was a sponsor or a therapist or or a best friend or a boyfriend. And and so that, but really what was behind that was I wanted to blame them if I listened to them and it didn't work out. Totally. You know? Like you say when everyone's like, everyone says to everyone, you should write a book. And then the person's like, well, they said. Or like, yeah. Um, but I was thinking with the Oprah thing also with this, I think it's also like that resilience of you just keep going. Yeah. And to everyone who tells you no, it's like, well, you don't stop because you hear no the first time. Yeah. Like there was a, there's a great thing going around on Instagram with Beyonce saying eight months of work for like a two minute song or something. How hard are you working? Oh, like, I never heard that. I yeah, love that. it's like that's how much it takes. Like you know, you were saying to another day with emails. Like you don't send out two or whatever. You send out two hundred. Yeah, like, e- everything is just extra more. Like yeah. you think oh, I've done everything I can. Well, then it probably would have worked. So maybe you could just do more. Yeah. Like stop waiting for. I always like think about this. Like stop waiting for this big purpose to arrive or the big calling or this huge like um surge of motivation of I know like a shining light. Like, yeah. And the path is clear. Take no. action. Take action. Keep going. Stumbling. Fall. Move things out the way. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. It's like you're carving out a path for yourself. It's just a million attempts. Like a million so things. So true. I um 
you know, I, people will say to me, oh, well, it's really easy for you because you have an agent. Do you want to know how I got my first agent? Do you know this story of like, I had a writing partner. We were writing screenplays. We, there was a book called the Hollywood creative directory, which doesn't exist anymore, but used to have, you know, every single agent and manager listed in it. We went through the entire book. We sent letters because this was the nineties. There was like, no, people didn't email. And we said like, we have a spec script. Would you look at it? And out of the, I think it was 250 letters, four people responded mm. and said, sure, I'd love to see your script. Of those, two were interested in signing us and one went out of business. So we had wow. one option and that was our manager. That was my first, you know, representative. And mm. I, I just, it's like, I see people and they'll, they'll submit to an agent and they're like, and I didn't hear back. So forget that. And it's like, Oh, no, no. Yeah, I always say this to people who say, like, they're writers. I'm like, well, are you writing? Because, like, I like I literally, my first, tri- I, never had, I think I've told you this, my first trilogy of books <laughs> I wrote when I was five. Yeah, yeah. My mother wrote them, I drew the pictures. Yeah. I write every single day. When I was checking, oh, you know, putting this book together, I go back and I have this got archives of thousands of blogs that I've written yeah. and rewritten and put into books and then change and like again and again and again and constantly and writing websites for free and, like, I can't not do it. Yeah. But that's not my profession. Yeah. It's one of the things I do to practice what I do. So when I show up, it's like the way you show up one way is the way you show up in all ways. Yeah. It's constantly putting out and putting out and making and then it's like it you get more into that practice of just doing it's the do it stuff yeah human doing human doing not human being yeah you know how i feel about and i think this is in the pseudo spiritual world right now not even pseudo it's straight up spiritual of like just be just pray meditate it'll arrive right and like people are just sitting around Ma- that's not what manif- manifestation is making. It's like action. Well, like, and then yeah. it kind of came up in the meeting this morning. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's like, I do remember, you know, when I first got sober and was introduced to this idea of like, you know, surrender, let mm. your higher power bring you things. But then, and, and I didn't understand that, but then it was like suit up and show up. So what mm. does that mean? And I am finally at like 18 years of sobriety able to, and I was thinking about this when that woman was sharing quite brilliantly about this this morning, but like, But that, like, I truly, when I get rejected, I truly understand that the universe has a better plan for me. Because I get rejected all the time. Yeah, so do I, as you know. Yeah, like that play thing the other day. The play thing was insane. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, I'm obviously not meant to do this little bit thing. And if I want to write a play, I should probably just produce my own play. Yeah. Make it bigger. Make it more. Yeah. And it's like I'm turned down for speaking things. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, um, like God's cockblocking me over here. So that must mean, since I'm not being cock-blocked over here, this is where I should shine my light. Whereas I used to take these things as, I feel like people don't understand, we're all getting rejected all the time. And there's all these cliches about like, oh, it's the one who stands up again, who, you know, but it's true. The most successful writers I know are not the most talented. Yeah. They are the ones who just didn't stop. I remember thinking this at school when I was acting and the girls would be like, I'm going to be an actress when I grow up. That's it. And I'd look at them like shocked, being like, well, then why aren't you acting? Like, I'm like, I'm the only one who's the actress. You mean and they, they wanted to be, but they weren't doing they it They would yet? say, yo, my dream is to be an actress. I'm like, why don't you go to auditions? Why aren't you in drama class? Why aren't you in yeah. the plays then? I'm the actress. Like, don't say what you are unless you're doing it. Like, you're if you're only a writer, if you're a writer. If you're writing, you're only an, an actress. If you're acting, you're only doing these things if that's what's happening, you know? Right, right, right. And it's also actually from the meeting today that one person yeah. was speaking about being like rejected and how, how basically he seemed very victimish about like how no one wants what he has. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm in the exact same position. I just think it's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's not going to get me down. I'm not going to be like, oh my God. Like, like, 
Right. It's right, a different, right. it's like if you know your worth, it can't be taken. Yeah. Like it just can't be given away, but you've got to be giving it to yourself the whole time. Yeah. yeah. How do you think they do that, actually? Who? That you give it to yourself? Yeah, like we always giving it to us, or being around people who can see your value and say you're awesome, like remind you of if when you forget. Well, I had a very dramatic situation, which is that um, I did EMDR, you know, mm. I, and I've done previous podcast episodes on this, but it's a form of trauma therapy. Yeah. I just did it about a year ago. I mean, I started about a year ago and I just finished it. And I had a super dramatic transition. You know, what EMDR does is like it basically you reprocess trauma mm. and it's insane because you hold these like pulsating orbs in your hands and how could talking about something disturbing while holding these things make any difference but it does this bilateral brain stimulation and all I know is that I did EMDR I don't know 10 times and I suddenly saw myself for the first time in my life I've really got to do this I mean but you already see yourself so it's like Mm. I truly always thought every time I got a compliment either they're wrong they're confused they're overly valuing me. Um, even the way I looked, I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see it. Wow. And, or I would think, well, if I'm all these great things, then why am I so unhappy? Why am mm. I alone? Why am I living here? Yeah, Whatever so you and that victim vibe. And, and I, it's completely changed. So, mm. so in that, and I don't know if I had to do that first, but now I live in a world where I have constant support. Yeah. For because 40 you, but you years, I did you. not have that at all. I had people who were either extremely competitive, um, extremely narcissistic. You know, it's really new to me. And now that I have that, I feel like I can do anything. Well, yeah, I look back and I go, oh, my friends were enemies. That's what an enemy's called. They hated me. <laughs> they were mean to me and cruel and nasty. I was around like... Like, and that's what was all around me. Of course, now I don't now I don't have that at all. Yeah. But like of it's like, but that was reflecting where I was internally. Yeah. So conflicted with myself. Like, is how I am okay. So obviously I'm around people who are telling me the whole time that I'm not okay. That everything about me is so not right. Is it like if you if you're suggesting other people, is it look around at who you're around? If there are people who are not telling you you're fucking great all the time, and I'm not talking about people that are blowing smoke, but that like people who are honest with you, but that really like then, then maybe you need to find new people. Maybe you need to do the work. Well, do the work and the, the people will separate like oil and water. It's yeah. like energy can't mix like that when you're on a high vibration. Like it, you're, it just attracts a different level. Yeah. And the people who are lower than you will just go away. Yeah. They just fade away because they can't maintain that, that, like that level. Yeah. Like what's it? Um, What's that thing? Finds its own level. Water finds water. its own level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's what will start to happen. So yeah, if people around you, if they all suck, then check yourself because you probably hate things in, in, inside of them. Otherwise, you wouldn't stand it. Like, you wouldn't be there. I know I didn't. My early uh, family relationships were set up in such a way that I didn't understand there was anything else. It didn't. Well, I mean, I have this in love relationships, which is the problem, which is what feels familiar to me and comfortable to me is not good. Yeah. So it's like a situation where I'm being completely ignored. I'm yeah. getting no attention. Yeah. I've got to be silent. Yeah. And I'm very, very bored because, you know, the person's drunk or asleep. It's like, and I'm like, oh, this is so calming. This is, this feels so like home. Right. Like, right. oh my God. Yeah. Because home was a, you know, it, like that's not good. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. Like, so it's also to check that, like, you know, what's yeah, it really? Are you, are you comfortable in? Yeah. Are you comfortable in a, in a bad environment? Yeah. And so 
I'm enjoying this conversation. I don't know if there's anything else to say about like, um, you know, I like because the focus of this podcast is going to be on struggles to success. I, I like being able to clarify to myself what the, what that means mm. and um, and um, ideally allow the guests to be able to give the people listening tips, freedom, mm. you know, because and share what their actual struggles were, because I think a lot of our struggles are the same. I think a lot of our struggles yeah. are the same. And what success means to each person. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to you now? Um, success to me means um, having abundance and being able to feel it and appreciate mm. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, cause like I said, when I had those TV jobs, I just didn't appreciate it. And they were taken from me. Because mm. I was like kind of a brat about it yeah. all. Appreciating it is so huge. Yeah. And to just really you know, marvel at, you know, it's that fine line, like you own your worth and you say, yes, this is what my services cost for my company, mm. but that you still can delight in the fact that that's what your services cost. Totally. You know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I always think like what appreciate, what you appreciate appreciates, like yes. you focus on it and that's what you give attention to. Absolutely. And that just like blows up and that's so great, but it can be tiny things. And the more things you can appreciate, the more you can delight in every single moment, like a walk can be delightful your coffee you can feel in love with everything it's like yes. it's all so wonderful so then when you show up to your work with your client you're filled with so much joy and abundance and good vibes it like it all just becomes an extension of that I think that's so true and that's something you really like have taught not have taught me because I think I did it before but I've never known someone else that did it so much like just now mm. when I went to Target in between seeing you and mm. I was like oh my god Lauren Target was amazing and I meant it and it was like I couldn't wait to describe to you yeah. why it was so and amazing and I couldn't wait to hear because I know and then I was like I got a golden light bulb like I just played like played that and like, yeah. it's all so lovely and it's like that can be as wonderful as like landing a new client or something in fact like I, I, we pretty much talk about it in the same way yeah like oh I got this new client or oh I got this wonderful deal like it's all just lovely yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So such super fun conversation. And you guys, by the way, if you um, have any thoughts about um, struggle, success, guests you want to recommend, I have some amazing ones lined up. But um, anything that you want to share with me, just email me, Anna at AnnaDavid.com and tell your friends about this podcast and subscribe. And, and if you subscribe, it makes such a difference. It basically means more people are going to discover this podcast and that means more people are going to be successful. Don't you want the people you love to be successful? Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. So Lauren, thank you so much for being a great guest. You guys, I will talk to you next week. <laughs>